the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Holly Holdren for FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, The Answer. Manatee High School football is a force of nature. Now it's time to feel the power during Hurricane Hotline. Live from Joey D's Restaurant, 6401 Manatee Avenue West in Bradenton. Hosted by Danny Carter and Coach Yusef Shakur. Phone lines are open at 877-969-8600. And now... Danny Carter. Thank you. Welcome to Joey D's for Hurricane Hotline, along with Coach Shakir, Gene Brown, and uh, Happy Halloween. It's, uh, I don't have any treats for you, but you know what? They got treats here. Get you a pizza. Pizza's running around here going crazy. Great pizza here. Great deal. Ten bucks. Can't beat it. So the Hurricanes have been off for a week. A much needed rest, I'm sure. Uh, Manatee will be six and three. Going to go down to Venice this week to take on the Venice Indians, eight and one on the year. We'll talk more about that as we go along, and uh, let's talk a little bit, Coach, about the past season and and where things have gone from start to finish. Uh, I think there's been a lot of improvement of things gone, and I think we could look back at the Riverview game. There was a little bit of digress, but I think you turn around and bounce back pretty good the next week. Yes, I think we did uh, overall as a whole. Uh, if you look at the season from the beginning. You know, we started off against a playoff to North Miami, district champion, you know, had a great outing. Then we go to Lakeland, uh, missed a couple opportunities. But you look back on the season, you know, and they scored one late on us. Uh, but nobody they nobody has scored uh, more points against them than us. Uh, Pop could score 20. Uh, and we held them to the least amount of points they've been held to all year long. Uh, so, you know, when you look at things and review it on that end, you know, and it, really going into a game where you had so many new kids playing and really not understanding, you know, after they're like, Coach, we can beat these guys. I'm like, but, you know, with a young team, they have to build confidence and understanding and those things. So I, I think, you know, of course, you know, Riverview didn't end up how we wanted to. You know, and that's with having a young team and getting them to understand the moments. And, and, and really, not only a young team, but a lot goes on with our society. Now, a lot of kids just think, you know, a lot of things just going to happen. Right. You know, and, and a lot of times they really don't understand that until they get mature. And they understand that they, when they miss an opportunity. And so for us, you know, just coming out in that first half and just kind of just thinking we were going to go through the most because they thought, well, you know, Newsom beat them last. We oh, this is going to be easy for us. Uh, we, this ain't going to be hard. And then they have to understand they have to go take those games uh, in those moments in those situations. And then just to be able to bounce back the next week and to be able to come, especially with what we did in the running game. Uh, that's been an emphasis, you know, since I've gotten here is really to make sure that we can run the ball when we want to run the ball. And we're still developing that. We're still getting better at that and improving. So that's one of the things I'm really pleased about. You know, with last week against Review, Tampa Review that we were able to, and really Sarasota Review, we were really were able to move the ball on the ground and get 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 some things really going. Uh, we just missed a couple passes here or there, right? Um, but on the ground, we kind of had our way. Uh, 
And anytime you can run the ball, you got a chance for success. And that's what we want to continue to move to. We want to continue to grow into, especially going into this Friday against Venice. That's one thing, uh, you know, a purpose, especially going into the playoffs from that point, you know, making sure that we can con- control the clock and can, and can control the time of possession. It's interesting when you watch some of the games and, and basically like going into the college level and looking at it, and you're doing things very similar as far as wanting to get that run game going. I'll use Florida Georgia as a great example. Things obviously didn't turn out the way I wanted them at the end, but Georgia throwing the ball early in early downs on first down but still running on a second down to pick up five, six yards becomes a manageable third down. Now you got the, everything's wide open to do what you want to do, and I know the running game is where you really want to be, and, and I hope we can get there. The offensive line has made improvements as the year's gone as well. Yes, it has, and those guys have really uh, been moving forward with the things we've been asking them to do. Uh, we finally got our sled in last week, so you know you, you just you can just see the pad level. <laughs> Me and Coach Miller, our offensive line, we're just talking about the pad level has improved just in one week alone, uh, and then just the continuous leg drive on those things. Although those kids have just just in one week alone you've seen so much more improvement and that's one of those things that you just can't mimic or you can't in, in um simulate in practice right you know with those things and, and, and also those guys just coming off the ball together that's the biggest thing about our offensive line they have to move in unison and that sled allows them to and you can see the weak points and the strong points in there and, and that sled don't last so can't nobody say oh no nah, coach i'm going yeah <laughs> well, one side is going to be weak on it gene had plenty of time on that sled over the years and you know it, it is something that will break you down in a hurry it, it teaches it's yes. kind of like baseball and a, and a tee. The, the tee teaches you you've got certain things that you can utilize to make it happen. And, and it's unfortunate that hasn't been there all along. Yes. I, I think I, I can't imagine how much further you'd be ahead now had it been there. You, know, you talk about the youth of your football team, and, and I think the most important part of what we've seen now, your freshmen have played extremely well. Yes. And your freshmen today, they're really sophomores. Yeah. yeah, it's time to put that in the back. They're, 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 you know, you're moving forward. You'll have another freshman group next year. But they have done some tremendous things. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys on this you know, football team that have done a tremendous job as freshman football players. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Me and Coach Stallard was looking at the other day. Right now we play 11 freshmen or sophomores right now. It's, they're not on the team. They, they play. So we then these are kids that we rely on and depend on. So those guys are – Really, like you said, right now at this point, you know, really going into their sophomore season, and it's just going to be phenomenal for us moving forward. And not only that, but the leadership uh, that those kids have been stepping up, and everybody's challenging each other to improve and get better on a daily basis. You look at the depth of what you have on this team, and, and I don't want to get too far looking into the future of what may happen next year and stuff. But I think you got to be really pleased with what's happened. Take a key on Fordham, who appears to lead. That's one thing he's done. But take a freshman, Tyrick Allen. He's come from really nowhere to kind of emerge himself as really a great back. He's also a great receiver out of the backfield. Uh, even though Tyson Phelps a junior, he plays like he's a senior. He's, he's done some great things. Kyrie Jones, a freshman. Levante Yeomans, another young prospect that's coming up through the ranks. Iron Jackson, a sophomore. Markel Jackson. Also a sophomore, Jansen Murray, a junior. You have a good young stable of talented players in a lot of key positions. Especially, you know, especially getting Napoleon Harris back too next year. That's going to be phenomenal for us too. Yeah, that's a, and I, and I apologize for not mentioning him. He's been off the, the, you know, been sitting since he got hurt, and and he's been. It's hurt us a little bit 
but I think it's also strengthened you a little bit along the way. Yeah, it has. You know, we've been able to develop some more depth and get some more quality, and we've had a chance for some other players to get better. And, and also some other players step up in some roles because losing the opponent not only was losing a great player, but it's also losing a great leader. You know, and, and so other kids have had to step up and fill that void for us to be successful. And it, it's allowed some kids a chance to grow into those roles. And if he would have, you know, and we still want him around, but you know, we've just made our team stronger, especially going into uh, playoff season. So when you look at your kicking game, too, the kicking game has been phenomenal. Yes, Alex LaFro, you can't say enough about the mm-hmm. kid. He's got four, I think, I believe it's four kicks over 40 yards so far this year, uh, one being 48. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go up against a player in Nick Sessa who I don't believe is kicking right now. He is their best kicker down yes. at Dennis, but he hasn't been doing the duties lately. Got banged up a little bit, but he also plays a wide receiver tight mm-hmm. ends position as well. So he's taking a little bit of a, a bump in the road. We'll talk more about that as we move along through the program, but uh, – I think you have to be extremely impressed with what you got there. The question is, at least you got one more year with him. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's much behind it right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially at Bigelow, being, both of them being in the same class. Right. You know, a kicker and punter combination, and they work so, so well together. Uh, you know, one thing to have two kickers, but it's nothing to have them that, that really work well together and really communicate with each other so well. Uh, well, we'll find somebody. You know, somebody come on in. Another thing that's very impressive, though, is Nick Bigelow's your holder. Yes. And he has done a tremendous job on some snaps that haven't been extremely good. Still manages to get a hold of them, get them down. I've been very impressed. There's only been one missed extra point, and that was just on a bad snap. Yep. Yep. And uh, that's, like you said, that's, and that's part of their meshing and their communication that they have, and they're just being able to really know each other's weakness and strong points. And, you know, and Nick is, Nick is kind of the more relaxed of the two, and, and Axel is just so. Focus and locked in, and you know when he gets two folks, Nick be like, "Hey man, calm down, calm down." And then you know when uh when Nick needs to focus a little more, actually like, "Come on, man, let's go." <laughs> it's like watching a, a, a married couple together sometimes with those two. You gotta like it. Yeah, they know each other way. very well, and they know each other. So, you know when they weren't getting too far, they be like, "Hey, come on back." <laughs> the odd couple, that's yeah, what we got with them right there. So when you review what's happened so far to this point. How impressed are you with what's happened on defense? Uh, up and down, you know, a little bit. Third down has kind of bothered me all year <laughs> because it, you, you see the excitement because we get people in third and long yes. all the time. And so you know they have it in them. It's just that consistency on that last down, sealing that deal. I was just talking to the kids about that today when we were reviewing film. It's like, you know, y'all guys, we're doing great, great, great. And then we kind of just ease up a little because we think it's just going to happen. Uh, and that's just that, that's part of that young that, that that young mindset that older mindset. Like, all right, let's close the door, let's shut it down, and just getting them. They have it in them, uh, and, and I'm so so pleased and impressed about you know how we really you know been able to step up in certain moments. We just got to continuously do it, play after play, uh, and I think that's the biggest thing for us right now, just as a, as a whole entire team. And, but you know, as you are, as we all know, you know, as defense goes, you know, so your championship. You know, um, results are going to happen. I think you know, and I think we're we're we develop a lot of depth, more depth than what definitely way more depth than what we had last year. Right. And we kind of have we had last year. Absolutely. Now, yeah. Now we can move some guys around, or we have you know one extra guy here to do some things, and I think that's helped us, especially you know, stay a little fresh, uh, especially going down going down this run towards the playoffs. 
Yeah, you've actually gotten a lot of different guys to, to pop in there on the defensive side. And, you know, I was looking at the statistics coming into tonight, and the one that kind of stands out that really hadn't jumped out at me, but when you look statistically at what he's done, Nathan Hyman. He's yeah. kind of <laughs> flown under the radar a little bit, you know, and next thing you know he finds himself in there, a sophomore six foot one ninety. He's got 15 tackles. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, unfortunately Joseph Lewis had sprained a little ankle um, and had to miss a couple games, and so, you know, Nate – Nate is, first of all, Nate, Nate is a smart individual, very intelligent, um, and really loves contact. So when you have a smart kid that loves contact, you know, he, he just really needs to continue to, to get stronger and to continue improving. He's just a sophomore. Him and Sequel, you know, both sophomores. So we just need that time for them to really, their bodies to continue developing. But both of them are super intelligent young men, and both of them love football. So that uh, those two things are a great combination for those guys as we continue to go forward. Yeah, I'm going to ask you the big question, and, and, and very interested in the answer. Three games we've lost three times. Three guys have rushed for over 200 yards. Mm-hmm. Explain the problem. <laughs> well, the first two games, I think it was more the fact that we were trying to do too much. Uh, kids were they we were lined up correct, but then as the play went got going. They tried to do too much instead of just pl- staying at home and playing their position. Uh, the third game, I think, uh, in the first, it was the first half, really, because the second half, I think we held them like 30 yards rushing. Uh, we just did not come to play. We were not focused and ready at that time to really go out and play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And that was the thing that happened. And like I told the guys, you know, but if you look at those, only one of those losses now that we rush for over 150. Mm-hmm. So them, them two games, we didn't rush for over 150 and, um, you know, two out of those three losses either. So those that was – counterbalance yeah, anything, right? Exactly. So, you know, we didn't help ourselves on either side of the ball those nights. Uh, just the Braden River was the only one that, of those losses that we were able to get over 150 yards rushing uh, in, in those instances. So I tell you, running the ball – but in the whole be all if you're going to win or lose, especially in high school football. Because, you're, number one, you're controlling the clock. Absolutely. And then, I don't know, you're controlling, like you're controlling the opportunities that your offense has to score. Yeah, I think clock control is, is the most important thing in high school football because of the first down, stopping the clock, things that happen. But you can do so much more when you're running it, grinding it out. I'll never forget, and I don't recall the game, but we're going to go back. There was a game earlier in the year in which – you took over with one minute to go in the first quarter and ran it all the way down to six minutes to go in the second quarter and on one drive. Yeah. That's a lot of time mm-hmm. taken off the clock. It takes away opportunities from another team. Yeah. And then when those opportunities take away, your offense feels rushed. You know, the, the, everybody on offense feels all of a sudden rushed. Like everything has to happen faster. Like, oh, we can't go three and out. We, we can't miss. You know, we, we have to get this. So that, that sense of urgency builds up mentally and physically inside of you. And that's the thing about controlling the tempo of the game that is so important and winning the game. And that's why the short passing game is so important. You can't miss on those short passes because those short passes are just like just an extended handoff run. Correct. And when you miss those short passes, not only does it stop the clock, but it doesn't allow you to now spread out that box and get some of those running lanes that, that can help you. So in your years of doing all this stuff, I've, I've had to do it with baseball, and <laughs> I'm, I always use that as a reference. Coach Plant, many, many years of baseball. How difficult is it to keep kids focused going into a game? And I've always found that the hardest days to do it are the days they're off. 
Yeah, so. if you don't have school on a Friday and you got a game on a Friday, it's very, very difficult. But how hard is it to keep them where they got to go and, and focus in that direction? Well, I can definitely tell you this. It, the more years I do, the harder it's becoming because of the fact that the attention span of kids have, has changed so much from they can get any and everything they want now on a cell phone. So the instant access to everything now changes their attention. So you have to be more concerned about doing things faster. So what what, what we what I find as a coach, I try to do a lot of things faster to keep their attention more and quicker, you know, changing things up so I can keep their attention as compared to, and, and really I saw a real a big shift probably about 2013 and just the kids' focus and attention to detail because with that point you really start these kids now that you the, the 13, 14, 15-year-olds now, they basically had technology, handheld technology at their hand basically since their whole lives. Since they've been walking. Yeah, been exactly. There, yeah. So they, their attention span is very different from kids beforehand because of the fact that they didn't have – when they were young, they didn't have to focus. They didn't have to lock in, and they didn't have to do things for an extended period of time because everything is just so much faster now. Everything is quicker. And, and so that's the one thing that we I've tried to do to counteract that is just try to have things move quicker and faster to keep their attention to detail on those things. Well, it's amazing because everything has gone from also a verbal situation now to so they're so visual. Oh, yeah, everything is visual. Now. Yeah, it's incredible. And, I, you know, while they're they're engrossed in all that stuff and you can show them all that stuff, it bores me to death. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm on the flip side. I'd rather you go out there and stick me in it, you know, drive me and push me where I need to go. Exactly. And but this thing about the game of football is still, you know, focus and attention to detail. So, you have to do things fast, but it's still you have to have focus and you have to be able to do things consistently over an extended period of time. How many times do kids do anything now? It's, the clock is 48 minutes, but really the games end up being two to two and a half hours. So you know, you're talking about 60 to 90 minutes. How many times does a kid do anything right now as long as consistently? No, as long it's, as, it's short burst of plays. Exactly. Yeah, it's very short time. Yeah. But wow. it's a it's, it's a short burst, but it's extended time. Right. And then kids don't they aren't and used to doing them. those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's I can I can see the way it happens. They just kind of slowly fade away from you throughout the thing. So, well, listen, we'll take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Venice game coming up this Friday, and we'll talk about the playoff scenarios as well. You're listening to Manatee Hurricane Football presented by Conley Buick GMC. Are you looking to get a great price on a new Buick, GMC, or Subaru? Conley and Bradenton. Need a reliable used car you can afford? Conley and Bradenton. What about great financing, expert service, and a reputation that is second to none? Yep, you guessed it. Conley and Bradenton. Hi, I'm Alan Conley. And I'm Chris Conley. From the time our grandfather started our dealership over a half century ago, we have been proud to be part of this community. So for your family's next vehicle, come see our family. Conley Buick, GMC, and Conley Subaru. 800 Cortez Road West and Bradenton. Conley Buick, GMC, where we treat you like family. Go Canes! Brown and Sons Funeral Home and Crematory wishes you the best of luck this season. Your manatee neighbor for over 40 years, the caring experts at Brown and Sons know how to guide you and your family through the difficult times. Featuring Trust 100 pre-planning, they'll handle all your local and long-distance needs. Celebrate the game of football, but when the game of life must end, depend on Brown and Sons with two locations to serve you. Online at brownandsonsfuneral.com. 
When it comes to excellence in football, nobody beats the Manatee Hurricanes. When it comes to excellence in body shops, nobody beats Costantino. Costantino Body Shop specializes in collision repair with cutting-edge equipment and technology. Costantino helps you with your insurance claims and gets you back on the road. Life moves fast, and Costantino keeps you moving. 9th Street West in Bradenton. Details online at CostantinoBodyShop.com. Bradenton's oldest and most trusted paint and body shop, Costantino Body Shop. Premier Community Bank is a proud sponsor of Manatee Hurricane Football. Isn't it time for a better banking system? Premier Community Bank is a true hometown bank, and that's hard to find these days. Premier Community Bank has a dedicated staff with a long history of service in our community. Whether it's personal or business, Premier Community Bank will take care of all your banking needs. With locations in West Bradenton, East Bradenton, and Parrish, there's a branch near you. Online at pcb-florida.bank. As a five-time pick by Super Lawyers Magazine as a top Florida attorney and as a longtime supporter of Hurricane football, Edwin Eddie Mulock brings more than 40 years' experience to the courtroom. Personal injury, wrongful death, medical malpractice, and criminal law, Eddie uses an innate passion for helping people and an extensive knowledge of the law to champion justice. Offices in downtown Bradenton, 1701 Manatee Avenue West. Call 748-2104, 748-2104, or mulocklaw.com. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. <laughs> I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active. Another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? Or is the best time perhaps today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. AM 930, stress saver, traffic report. Good evening, 75, looking good now through Sarasota and Manatee Counties. The DeSoto Bridge from southbound delays on the very south end. And the Green Bridge southbound looks like a crash on the north end, as you approach the bridge, has traffic a little slow there. And we have that earlier crash on 275 southbound as you exit the Sunshine Skyway. Uh, had crash had the left lane block before 41. Still has uh, southbound jammed up back to 19. State Road 64 and Cortez moving well. State Road 70 westbound a little slow before 41. Some eastbound delays before Lockwood Ridge. Dave Koch, FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, The Answer. Welcome back to Hurricane Hotline, live from Joey D's at 6401 Manatee Avenue West in Bradenton. 
Call in now with your questions for the coach at 877-969-8600. Here's Danny Carter. Welcome back to Joey D's here at Manatee Avenue West and pizza night, $10 pizza. It's Halloween, so come in and enjoy yourself. Go out and do a little trick-or-treat. I don't see much in this group going out trick-or-treat, but they no. might. Todd's dressed up in his deputy uniform. He's trying to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm glad Todd's still with us after that horrible accident. But anyways, uh, let's uh, move ourselves forward to the Manatee-Venice game this Friday night. The Venice Indians have won the last two meetings against the Hurricanes, 42-14, 42-7. The last time the Hurricanes have won over the Venice Indians, 10-0 back in 2014. Now, keep in mind, we did not play in 2015. Oh, why is that? I have no idea. We missed a year somehow. Venice didn't want to play us. Oh, okay. So the last time was 10-0, and it was at Venice. Okay. Not a bad thing to deal with going down there. So the Venice Indians last week knocked off the Palmetto Tigers. In a huge way, it wasn't even close. It was there for a while, hanging around. Venice then claimed the district championship, 7A District 11. Champions again, they are the defending state 7A champions. Uh, last year, having knocked off St. Thomas Aquinas to get to the finals. Manatee and Venice have two common opponents. Riverview, Sarasota Riverview, Braden and River, and Palmetto. Both of us beat Palmetto. We lost to Braden River 41-31 in a game that at any moment could have shifted in any direction. Uh, I still think a lot of that has to do with the, the atmosphere and everything. And mm-hmm. I think if you had knowledge McDaniel from day one on that team and Bradley there at the same time, that hype's not as much hype. It is because yeah. it is Manatee, but it's not quite as much as it was. We just missed some opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braden River lost to Venice. Venice knocked them off 24-21. And then early in the year, Venice knocked off Sarasota Riverview 19-2. We lost 24-13, but in a game in which we just put ourselves in a hole early on, too early. So we'll look a little bit offense, defense, do some comparisons as we were off the air. We talked a little bit. Let's go right with Venice's defense first, Coach. Their defense is good. Yes. They're very good Very sound, very disciplined. Up front, front four guys are solid. Uh, Marlon Lewis, Scott Schink, of course you're telling me that Carson Sullivan has been injured lately. He's out. Dedeek Mayfield, middle linebacker, and Nick uh, Giacolone is also there. He leads the team in tackles at 105. But those front three guys of the four, they Venice has 21 sacks. They have 16 of those 21 sacks. You've got to figure out a way to get around that and not let them dominate that offensive line. Definitely. Uh, we just have to make sure that we get you – know, we always try to have a quick passing game uh, inside of what we're doing because we're going to take a couple shots. And we just have to make sure that – do our assignments and do our assignments with good technique and correctly, and we have a chance to be very successful. I think the one thing that I've always noticed out of Venice over the years is just their sound. They're, they're very, very disciplined in everything they do. They work at it, they work at it, they work at it, and they follow the steps all the time. Gene's seen it year after year with me. Yeah, Danny, and, and I think one of the things that, you know, they may not have always had the best athletes. They had some good ones. I mean, maybe the best one on the field, but overall top 22 – you know, other teams match up well against them, but it's the discipline that you see that really makes a difference for Venice. And that's one of the things that I think Coach Peacock and all his staff do a great job at. But they are beatable, and that's Most what you're going to do. definitely, yeah. Uh, because, you know, like I say, they, they are very disciplined. Uh, the athleticism is, you know, I think we have an advantage in there. But you know, all good teams, 
they do what they're supposed to do and they do it fast. And that's what they do well. They do what they're supposed to do and they do it fast. So then that, that's, that creates some issues for you because they're not going to be out of place. If they do end up being out of place, they're not going to make the same mistake twice. And they they have fixed some issues along the way. It's very apparent. I mean, first game of the year, they lose right out of the gates. Of course, Peacock wasn't there. I think it's a huge difference when your head coach isn't there to help with some of the play calling and making decisions along the way. It, it hurt a big. They lost to Vero. Vero put up 42 points against them. Vero's in our region. Possibility mm-hmm. of seeing them down the road if we continue to advance in the playoffs. And... I think that's a that's a big statement for them. They they change it. They go back the next week. They only give up two points to Sarasota Riverview. Yeah, they they did. They corrected those things and move forward. And you know, this is championship program. You know, they won two state championships down there. So you know, they're going to have pride in what they do and how they do things. Uh, and they, they're a veteran team. You know, they have a lot of kids back from last year's team that was on the team in that play. Uh, they don't have as as many starters back, but you know, it, it's one thing when you have a culture of success. How those kids can actually grow into those roles, and they'll, they'll base—they got a bunch of seniors that play this year. So basically, all those kids were rotating in last year, so all of them played. And only they played; they were also in the program and seeing the the steps of what to do. And that's so important when you talk about developing a program. I tell people all the time, you know, when your seniors can really coach your 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 freshmen and sophomores, that's when your program is really starting to develop because kids, peer. Peer teaching is so important mm-hmm. uh, when you when because it's one thing coming from a coach all the time, but then when the peers be like, "Hey man, you got to do this, you got to do that." Those because those kids look up to each other. Those kids that those freshmen look up to those seniors. Those and and, and they can continue to listen. And one thing I learned as a coach, you know, kids sometimes listen quicker to another player than they will to a coach, uh, no matter what. But it's just that connection and that growth, and that's what they have right now inside of their program. No, I agree. I think sometimes you got to let them take care of their own uh, they, they yes. let them patrol it sometimes you got to step back let it take its course and, and see what happens and you know when you look at this stuff when you're comparing the statistics they've got 21 sacks and listen don't underestimate manatee's defense they've got 20 sacks as well so you know they've got six interceptions we've got nine i think defensively we match up with them probably much better than Pal- palmetto's defense was not very good yeah they're, they're, Palmetto's not as big as what they were in the past. And, and so with those things, uh, Palmetto's defense mostly built on speed and, you know, running side to side and Venice is running right at you. You know, and, you, and I'll, I'll, let's look at Manatee's defense. Brandon Shannon leads the way with the Hurricanes and 76 tackles on the year. Three sacks, three interceptions. Ryan Ives, who I thought has really started to excel a little bit in the last couple of games. We had him here as a, a player of the game a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, 29 tackles, five sacks, 12 tackles for loss. And, of course, last week he gets his first interception, gets yeah. his big paws up there and bats it up uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Frank Waiters, 59 tackles. Sequil Martinez, 41 tackles. And Quade Davis, who is the should be the poster child of tackling, 33 tackles, 29 solo. is just yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's open field tackling. I tell him all the time, I say, man, you do a great job at this, man. Oh. And, and I know that puts a smile on your – it puts one on mine every time I see him go out there and make a tackle because a lot of times those tackles, if he doesn't make them, that's at least five to six more yards, if not a bunch more. Oh. Hey, he's done some great things out there. Oh, definitely. Uh, especially because, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, the game is so spread out more than ever before, and there's so many one-on-one matchups that, that are going on that you have to have great tacklers in order to be successful. They have to be able to tackle in space. 
Now on the offensive side of things, the Hurricanes come in averaging 189 yards on the ground, 151 through the air. Venice on the flip side, 194 to 191. We're looking at 385 to 340. That's not a big discrepancy. 40 yards, I mean, it's not that much. It's, to me, it's kind of a wash. Points per game, they average 44 points a game. We average 36. So we're right in the ball game with everything that you're looking at. Defensively, we allow 18. They allow 13. If you take the things on paper right here and look at it, you say to yourself, it's going to be one whale of a game. Yeah, we just have to make sure we come out and we're ready to play from start to finish. We just got to be consistent. You know, we keep talking about this with our young team, just be consistent. And I, was, I told the kids this week, you know, if we just play consistent, you know, we have the athletes on the edge that can be very special. We just got to make sure everybody picks up their block. Everybody runs the correct thing. And, and it's just being smooth and being consistent play after play. And there should be some opportunities for turnovers against Venice. Venice is going to put themselves in some positions. They love to throw the football. Their quarterback is Hayden Wolf. Hayden Wolf has thrown the ball 180 times this year for 1,646 yards. He completes the ball 68% of the time. Not a lot of deep passes, but he will from time to time stretch the defense. 16 touchdowns, but he's also thrown six interceptions mm-hmm. along the way. So they will put the ball on the ground. They will cough it up through the air, and I think we've got the guys that can play with their with their receivers and stick with them. The key to Venice to me has always been you got to watch that tight end. He's the one who kind of oh, slips yeah. out on you, and he's the one you got to watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. He does a phenomenal job. He's a, he's a very good athlete. You know, I saw him make some catches last week against Palmetto. I, I ain't know during the play, like, I don't know if he's going to make it make, but then he, he moved his body and did some, some great catches. I was like, wow, I was really impressed with him in person. Yeah, Sam Whitney and, and, and Weston Wolf are going to be the two guys on the offensive side. Zach Fryer is another one, big 81. He's out there. He's a 6'3 kid. Weston Wolf is the brother of Hayden Wolf. He's 6'5", 190. He's not short on any height either. So, I mean, you know, there's going to be some mismatches when you look. But they've got that against everybody they play. Yeah. You know, the question is, can we create enough pressure to force him to get rid of the ball a little earlier than he wants. Especially with those tall quarterbacks. You want to get in those tall quarterbacks' face. Tall quarterbacks really don't like that frontal pressure. They can deal with exterior pressure because they can see over everything. But when they get that front pressure, they really don't like it because then they can't follow through because they have such a long stride. So that's what we really have to work on, you know, getting getting pressure in his face. And uh, I think we have a good shot because they run the ball so well. Uh, I think that you know you have a good sense of when it's coming when they're going to throw the ball. And he's going to throw it now. He ain't, oh, he ain't shy. He's going to let it rip. You could be right next to the guy. He's going to let it rip. Yeah, and the one thing he doesn't want to do is exactly what you said. He doesn't want to run the football. He's run the ball 21 times for minus 10 yards. He does not yeah. want to leave the pocket. If he does, he's trying. He's looking to throw long yes. before he runs. Oh, yes. And as we talked about, we worked a lot of scramble drill this week because of that because when he gets out there he's looking to throw he's not looking to run he will if he has to right he don't want he he's not looking to he, he wants to put that ball in there so you got to stay disciplined and stay with your the receiver a lot longer and, and and that's what you're hoping that you don't put yourself in the position of give the guy three three and a half seconds make him make a decision in a hurry he starts getting four five six that's uh, hard to cover a guy that long so Hell yeah it's gonna be difficult uh from the kick from the kicking game I think our kicking game is far superior to theirs. I mean, Sess is a pretty good kicker, but he's not the guy who's been doing most of the work lately. I don't know if he'll be back this week. Uh, the one thing about it is I can always say when you go to Venice, you go to a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. You know, And you don't get a lot of that in high school football. There's not too many environments that you go to that yeah. they make you feel. These people show up early. Oh, they- yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, watch a couple games down there. 
Uh, and the good thing about though is they're they're not right up on you though. No. So you know that's the, that's the good thing you know with the kids it they have because they got the track around it so they're not and then the student section just sits in the end zone so they're not in a central location because uh, once you get down that other side of the field you know you kind of don't even know that they're there uh, but it is is you know they have a they have jumbotron of course you know they follow behind Manatee uh, so you know um, they they try to you know create that environment as much as possible. And they do. I, I, they do do a good job. Of, they start their tailgating early on. They're they're there from start to finish. They're there extremely early. The one thing that you got to watch out for, and you saw it last week in the Palmetto game, they're going to onside kick. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, and they're going to go for it on fourth. Yeah, there's <laughs> not a whole hell. lot of love lost between Venice and anything in Manatee County. So if he gets a <laughs> shot, he's going to take a shot. Oh yeah, we know right? that. <laughs> and that's that's kind of his. Throwing yeah. it back our way, and yeah, his, he's very his, interesting. Yeah, him being Coach Peacock, he's always going to find a way to try and throw it back in your face. But then again, too, we had a guy here that used to do the same thing back the other way, so it was kind of enjoyable to watch a little bit. I think we probably started that fire, but uh, <laughs> that's just the way things go. <laughs> Gene seen a, Gene seen a few of those onside kicks in some strange situations, and, and you know when they're coming. You really yeah. can feel it, and you know, and he's just gonna gonna try to. To put it in your face, and he's going to say, beat me. And But that's what you like. That's why yeah. you play the game, and that's what you do. And, you know, Coach Peacock is fired up. and But, you know, uh, it's always interesting to, to kind of see the atmosphere when we get there. And, and again, they did follow behind us on the uh, the video board, the Jumbotron. But you know what? I don't mind. Yeah. We had the first one. There's maybe an inch bigger, but <laughs> it's uh, still the first one. One last question before we take another break. I'm going to – throw something out to you the coin toss i've always been interested in this one mm-hmm. you go into a situation to go into venice who does have a good offense what is your what, what's your decision and what makes the decision of whether or not you want to defer or whether you want to jump out on offense i think all comes down to the number of possessions at the end of the game and you want to, you you have a chance at the at the start of the game to guarantee you a possession during the game and that's what you really, because after the flow of it, you guarantee something at the halftime, so you know you'll get it. And usually, the way it flows, usually, if you don't have a turnover, you have a chance to usually double up, uh, get the possession last and in the first, and first one in the second half. So, usually, but if you have a turnover, then they have a shot, you know, if they get that ball in the second half. So, that's the. Wing T teams, you want you gonna take that ball, right? That, that's kind of the, the the train of thought all coaches, you know. Especially teams that like to grind it out, and not only Wing T teams, but you had the old wishbone teams that would just three yards cloud of dust just come at you. You try to get the ball and get up on them as fast as possible, uh, because of the fact that you get them chasing points and you get them in third and longs, then you get them out of their comfort zone. Uh, but you know, most teams who you know have a good mix of things, you usually gonna get the most possessions out of that game if you take the ball in the second half. All right, we'll take another timeout. We come back, we will bring up, uh, if you hadn't escaped on me already, but we will talk about the playoffs and where the Hurricanes sit and what the future looks like coming up in a couple of weeks here. You're listening to Manatee Hurricane Football presented by Kyle Buick, GMC.
Former Hurricane Chuck Howard knows what it takes to be on a championship team. Howard Leasing is proud to sponsor the Hurricanes and is ready to champion solutions for your employees' leasing needs. Everything from big business to small business, Howard Leasing covers it all. From payroll processing and workers' comp to human resources and employee benefits. Get on the winning team with Chuck Howard and all the pros at Howard Leasing. Details available online at howardleasing.com. Again, that's howardleasing.com. Coastal Orthopedics proudly supports Manatee High School and Hurricanes football. Dr. Dan Lamar, a former Hurricane, is the team's medical director. Dr. Lamar and the staff of experts at Coastal Orthopedics are recognized leaders in sports medicine and wellness technology. With offices in West Bradenton, East Bradenton, and Lakewood Ranch, they're always close by. Details online at CoastalOrthopedics.com. CoastalOrthopedics.com. Coastal Orthopedics, keeping you in the game. Hurricane fans, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Ferkins Automotive Group is your low-price leader. Ferkins Automotive Group has a great selection of new cars, featuring Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Mitsubishi. And don't forget that Ferkins has the very best deals on pre-owned vehicles. Ferkins has been family-owned and operated for over 60 years. Visit Ferkins Automotive Group on 1st Street in Bradenton, or go online to Ferkins.com. That's Ferkins.com. Ferkins Automotive Group says go Canes. When you take time out to dine out, Canes fans know to head for the island and huddle up at three of the best waterfront restaurants around. The Sandbar Restaurant, Anna Maria. The Beach House in Bradenton Beach. And the Mar Vista Dockside Restaurant on North Longboat Key. Great views, the freshest seafood, and real toes-in-the-sand waterfront dining. The Sandbar, Beach House, and Mar Vista. A touchdown the whole team will cheer for. As a five-time pick by Super Lawyers Magazine as a top Florida attorney and as a longtime supporter of Hurricane football, Edwin Eddie Mulock brings more than 40 years' experience to the courtroom. Personal injury, wrongful death, medical malpractice, and criminal law, Eddie uses an innate passion for helping people and an extensive knowledge of the law to champion justice. Offices in downtown Bradenton, 1701 Manatee Avenue West. Call 748-2104, 748-2104, or mulocklaw.com. Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like, good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch, more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. AM 930, stress saver, traffic report. City of Denton 75 looking good now through Sarasota and Manatee counties. The DeSoto Bridge, some southbound delays on the very south end. And the Green Bridge southbound looks like a crash on the north end as you approach the bridge. Has traffic a little slow there. And we have that earlier crash on 275 southbound as you exit 
the Sunshine Skyway uh, had crashed, had the left lane blocked before 41, still has uh, southbound jammed up back to 19. State Road 64 and Cortez moving well. State Road 70 westbound, a little slow before 41. Some eastbound delays before Lockwood Ridge. Dave Koch, FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, The Answer. Welcome back to Hurricane Hotline, live from Joey D's at 6401 Manatee Avenue West in Bradenton. Call in now with your questions for the coach at 877-969-8600. Here's Danny Carter. Welcome back here to Joey D's, and we're going to talk playoff time. We are in that time of the year where things we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks as it's gotten closer and closer, but the reality is it's now upon us. And when you start looking at the numbers and where everybody sits, Manatee, without a doubt, is locked and loaded to get into the playoffs. We're not going to miss out. We're probably going to sit on the seventh seed. My question to you, Coach, is how much time do you spend looking at it and how much you just say, hey, let it play out the way it's going to play out? Actually, I just say let it play out. Everybody else around me, uh, like this, this is. I say, hey, it'll all work out. You know, we we win the right games, and you know, we just continue to play and continue to play good. You know, we got a shot. You know, it'll all work out. There's been a lot of talk about. Okay, so if the Hurricanes lose to Venice, they're out. You know, they could be out if they win. They could move up. I don't think either scenario happens at all. There's no way that Gateway who sits almost two points behind us, there's no way they're catching us. No, Nobody no. back behind us can catch us. So uh, we're stuck in the seventh spot. I don't think a win over Venice, a Palmetto win, and Steinbrenner winning will actually do enough to boost us up. We'd have yeah. to have a little bit of help in some other games. Yeah, the Treasure Coast will have to lose a game. Get Lisa. Lisa tells us we can get to five. five She's always right. Game. I hate to argue with her. Yeah. I always yeah. lose Because she on the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> she knows the numbers. Yeah. I just say it's, it's, a, it's a major, in my personal opinion, it's a long shot because of who the teams have left to play. I don't think they can lose to those people. I really don't. It's just it, there, there's, there's being hopeful and there's being, you know, in my personal opinion, being reality because I, I just don't see Treasure Coast isn't going to lose, and, and neither is Centennial. I just don't see the one of them dropping and coming down the last stretch. Well, last so. year, though, we – you know, had to have a few things and a few rainouts that ended up helping us get in. Mm-hmm. This year, we pretty much controlled what we controlled, and you know, we're in the games that we necessarily didn't win. But the way they changed the point system was the right way yeah. this year. And and you saw where Charlotte was out last year for playing a tough schedule. Yeah, and that's that. So the the FHSA did a good job at least getting that part of it right. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is for us, you know, the way it looks right now, ten years in a row in the playoffs. A lot of people forget that because. Of what we've done over all the years, mm-hmm. you know, again, staying consistent, getting in the playoffs, and then trying, and with this young team rebuilding mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, get one or two in there and see what happens. Yeah, I'm very excited about it because this thing about it, you know, you you get to that end of the year, you have a totally different team. Uh, most people don't realize, you know, I've been part of a couple of teams that made great runs uh, before this, and, you know, at the end of the year, people are like, ah, what are they going to do? You know, how are they going to make it? But whenever you play a lot of young kids and they get a lot of reps during the season, you totally change it. And then the thing about us, too, 
we have been to Lakeland. Right. Okay. We have been to tough environments, right. and we're going to go to Venice. So nothing that we're going to go to is going to be bigger than some of those environments that our kids have already been into. So they're ready and prepared for those yeah, the toughest and that's, situations. Yeah, that's important. When Coach Dollard came a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, you know, we have just a handful of kids that have been in more than one or two playoff games. And I know back in 09 when uh, team my son was on went to the state championship, that stage was big. Yeah. None of those kids had been around it. Mm-hmm. In 11 when we went, the stage wasn't as big because a lot of the kids had been to it. So it's getting involved in it, getting there, getting and, and playing that tough schedule really makes a difference to get you there. You know, you say, mm-hmm. well, you know, we play this team or that team and you don't have the atmosphere. Exactly. Well, there's not many atmospheres bigger than the, yeah. the Lakelands and the Braden Rivers and the Venices. Mm-hmm. And when our district is the way it is, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we've also had the disappointment of in the big stage not doing as good as yeah. in the district championship. So hopefully, yeah. like you said, the young team has learned from that. Mm-hmm. And that's the, big, that's the big, biggest thing you want from your kids, to learn from those experiences and to grow and make sure that they come out and execute the next time they're in that situation. You know, the best lessons have to be learned. You know, they're not going to fall in your lap. You're not going to automatically know it. You have to go through some some tough times sometimes. And I think we picked up on those things and on those situations. I'm firmly, our kids know and understand that when they come out and they play every single play, they know they can win. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, we were so young. I didn't. I don't know if they knew that. They they, they hoped for it. You know, they were positive about it. But it's different between hoping for something and knowing something. And right now, they know they can be successful. They know they can take those games in those situations. Well, there's only two guarantees going into next week. One, we're in the playoffs, and two, it'll be on the road. Yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're not going to be at home. And and highly, I mean, once you get into that, you'd have to get to a five or six spot to have any hopes of even hosting a game at some other point in time. Uh, and, and don't let the numbers fool you. I mean, South Dade was a six seed last year, and look where they end up. Exactly. And people don't realize, you know, I, like I was talking to Rick Dodgson, and something me and Rick talk all the time. And Rick was telling me, like, you know, Yusuf, I've never won a state championship and been a district champion. The three state championships I've won, we've been runner-ups. And I didn't even know that. I like, dang, Rick, I didn't even know that. Yeah. You know, I've known several teams who had to go on the road, and they won five in a row. Yep. You know, so it's just all about your your mentality of your team and just going out and doing it. Well, a lot of things can happen. When you start doing that little road trip and you're on the road doing it, I used to think years ago that Manatee was a lot better on the road than we were at home. I was yeah. I was always happy to hit the road. Yeah. Uh, but I think it creates a bond amongst your players. You get closer and you're closer. And the bottom line is no matter what you do, that last game of the year is on the road regardless for all of you. Exactly. So if you've been at home this whole time sitting down there in Miami, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you got to hop up to Orlando. Strange things can happen. Exactly, because kids don't know how to handle those situations. No, as soon as they get on that bus, they're all enthralled about getting on the bus and riding yeah. along. Maybe we're staying overnight. What are we eating? You know, and mm-hmm. of course that throws kids out of whack too. Or what they're, you know, the meal times all change. Everything's different. So, uh, you know, you talk about a Popka. Popka has not. No one has won that district yet. Mm-hmm. So you got Wakiva, a Popka, and West Orange all sitting there, and this is going to boil down to. Mm-hmm. Possibly just the points doing it. Wakiva's got a popka on the points, 43.44 to 41. So they do have the upper hand mm-hmm. right now to get it. Uh, it's going to be, be interesting. If I, I, I wouldn't want either one of those teams if I'm over there. I mean, a popka Wakiva, one of them's going to be the five. Oh, yeah. So 
whoever that is is going to end up getting Ovita more than likely, and that's uh, Ovita's <laughs> got to be going, man, that's not really the way this should have played out. But, you know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I look at on our end of things. You know, you got Manatee sits in a position. You know, if things work out just right, maybe you get to a six, and all of a sudden Riverview's the three. Guess what? We don't have very far to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a short ride. Um uh, I don't have a problem going to any place. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like you. You know what? I can't control what happens at this point. All we can do is control what we have of our own. You you, you, you take care of your own house first, and you worry about everything else at a later date. Yeah. Scoreboard watching gets nobody anywhere. Exactly. You're going to have to play them sooner or later anyway. Yeah, all it does is create a lot of anxiety. Yeah. You know that for sure. <laughs> so, all right, Coach, the, the health of the ball club, I'm assuming, is pretty good. What's the plan on Friday? Y'all will be heading out about what time? Uh, we're going to leave a little bit. We're going to eat pregame meal to school. We're just going to head out after that, just keep our same game routine and just go down there and just locked and loaded, ready to go. Any crazy uniform selections we got this week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always love to find out what y'all yeah. coming out in. Please. It's those things I don't, you know, I don't even, I'd be like, I was like, man, whatever y'all choose, we better win. Yeah, <laughs> Same well, thing I say. I so they want to do the all-white. All white, everything. Some so. of them will never make it home interior because yeah. their colors are way off base. Yeah. Man. So they, just, and I'm not a fan of the gray. I can't see the numbers yeah. very well. Get to keep those Me either. Away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at film. I'm like, who's that? Yeah, I can't see it. We're up there looking. Yeah. The team can't. We're just like, I just say a name. Nobody really knows right now. We're fine. So, But with that said, Manatee Hurricanes will travel south Friday night. They will go down to take on... The Venice Indians, and hopefully the Hurricanes can come away with a victory. We will be back here maybe next week. We'll let you know. Uh, but we will be at Venice High School's 7 o'clock for the pregame show, Shake Fit pregame show. Come join us then. Until then, we'll see you guys Friday night. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.